Ion 2020, episode 278. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. This is becoming the show that is 100% about coronavirus, apparently. There's not a lot of news out there regarding the 2020 election. It's all gone silent. It's as if the 2020 election is over. The Democrats have chosen their guy, Joe Biden, who doesn't know how to put together a coherent sentence enough to even really get out there and talk. He's not really on the campaign trail. He's pretty much the hands-down winner for the Democrats, and what he's hoping for is that everyone just votes for him because they hate Trump, and that's not a winning strategy for the Democrats. That's not something that's going to put them in a position to win the 2020 election at all. That's a losing strategy. That's a Mitt Romney kind of strategy that the Republicans had, and not that the Republicans had it. It's like he won the nomination back in 2012, I guess, but same thing with Joe Biden. He won the nomination, but there's got to be more to the story of him winning than just, oh yeah, he won, because there was a lot of little things, and I talked about this in previous shows, there was a lot of little intricacies at the time that made you think to yourself, holy crap, the Democrats just basically took it away from Bernie Sanders or just put Joe Biden in there because they they kind of forced everyone's hands to get out of the 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 race. So yeah, the, it's not a winning strategy for them. But overall, you don't hear anything from Joe Biden at this point. I hear a lot of speculation that says that not that he's going to drop out because I don't think that they I don't think that in this primary situation Joe Biden can just drop out and then his vice presidential nominee becomes the. Nom- the Democratic nominee. I don't think that that can happen. And I've heard that that's what people are saying. Oh yeah, he's just going to choose his, his vice president and then all of a sudden he's going to drop out and make that person. Now he'd have to win the election and then ultimately drop out or ultimately retire or you know turn in his resignation as president or something like that. And I don't think that's ever really happened unless it was like a major scandal going on in the United States and only happened what with um, Richard Nixon way back when when he resigned from the presidency so I don't think that that's going to happen but I'm wondering if he drops out just before the convention or decides that he's not going to try to get the nomination and then the delegates go to the convention and then they just allow the delegates to choose who they want to make the president or make the presidential nominee that's probably the thing that would happen if in fact Joe Biden doesn't decide to continue on running but you never know I mean it's Joe's time that's what they're all saying it's Joe's time that's the same thing they said about Hillary though it's Hillary's time so it'll be interesting to see what happens I I mean there might be it might just be all the people that you hear saying oh Joe Biden can't put together a coherent sentence Uh, Joe Biden might be senile and blah 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 like you that might be the what's going on that you're just seeing that 
on YouTube and on different videos and in different groups that you're in Facebook or whatever and on Twitter that might just be what you're seeing and then it's all little you don't see when you're looking at these videos you're seeing the worst of the worst of the entire speech and you're you know they're kind of cherry picking certain parts of speeches who knows maybe he is putting together coherence in this. maybe this guy is great at rallying the crowds but I just don't see it the crowds of 50 people do not get people to come out to vote Bernie Sanders has thousands upon thousands of people that would come to his campaign rallies Bernie Sanders had a huge following, a cult-like following. Donald Trump, same thing. Cult-like following. He has his rallies. They're not fighting to get people in there. It's not 25, 30 people standing around in a room. They pack them in there into arenas and stuff. And that's what you would need in a Democratic nominee in order to get to win the presidency. Now, I I saw a meme that was going around. I, I thought it was absolutely funny. And it says... Joe Biden wasn't my second choice. He wasn't even my fifth choice. You know what? He wasn't even my 16th choice, but I'm going to vote. But you're damn right. I'm going to vote for him in November. And it's just made me think to myself, they had a lot of people that were out there running for president. And most people's first choice was not Joe Biden. 25% were. And the only reason why they really wanted to vote for the guy is because they thought that he could beat Donald Trump. Like, that was the stipulation they were using. 25%. But then the vast majority, rest of them, the, the majority of them, that the other 75% or so, they wanted other people. They wanted someone that was a little bit more liberal, or a little bit more likable, or a little bit more, you know, more charismatic. But they got Joe Biden, so. See what happens. It'll be interesting. Um, I know Donald Trump is... A flawed candidate in a lot of ways also. Joe Biden's a flawed candidate in a lot of ways. People are going to have to vote for the lesser, lesser of two evils. Donald Trump, though, does have a die-hard following of people. Like, 20% of the American public, maybe 30% of the American public, just loves the guy and will follow him to his dying day. Just love the guy. Best president ever. Same way that Barack Obama had this cult following around him as well and he still does so you're going to have Joe Biden or Joe Biden does not have that cult following but but, um, Donald Trump definitely has that cult following of people that just love him and they're going to come out in droves for him they will he also Donald Trump right now has pretty good like his 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 um he has, he's doing pretty well in the polls, is what I'm trying to say. The polls that say, hey, is he doing a good job or a bad job? Generally, 50%, 48 to 50% of people are saying he's doing a good job now. The Rasmussen Report daily tracking poll has Donald Trump pretty high up in those polls, saying that, you know, he's doing a good job. And that's... That's on, that is on his side to get reelected also. So that's pretty much what's going on in the uh, primaries right now. That's pretty much what's going on in the presidential race. You also have like the the tracking polls, not the tracking polls, but like the, the betting odds sites that they have that I've talked about in the past. If you go to any of those betting odds sites, 
they have Donald Trump 50% chance of winning the presidency now. He'd been about 46-47%. And that's been relatively, you know, steady the entire time because obviously you don't know who the Democratic nominee is going to be, so he's as a 46-47% chance. He went down as low as 40% chance during the whole impeachment thing. And then all of a sudden he's starting to go back up because he has likability. He, they think that he's doing a lot. Not everybody, but a lot of people think that he's doing a good job leading the country through this whole coronavirus crisis that they're talking about. So anyway, that is really the Democratic... The, the the Democratic primary is over with, but that's the presidential campaign now, and it's um, it's interesting. It's not going to be as exciting as I thought it would be. I do apologize. I want to try to make it exciting for you, though. This is IN2020. That's what I do. But yeah, so moving on to the next subject that I want to talk about. These politicians, I swear it, man. So it's an election year, right? It's an election year. Congress... They have got to try to get as many votes as they can. They got to get the Democrats have got to get more people elected into office than the Republicans. They got to keep their majority in the in the House of Representatives. Democrats are trying to take over the Senate, so they got to get their people in there as well. So there is a lot of uh, fighting back and forth between these people as to who is going to give out the most free stuff during this crisis, because it's so easy now. I mean, it's crisis spending. We have to take care of the American people. We have to shut down the entire government, or the entire nation, and we have to make sure that we take care of these restaurants and these small businesses that are dying to survive right now because we shut down the entire country, pretty much. And it's not the federal government didn't shut it down it's the states that did but it's the federal government that is giving its it's kind of uh, leading the charge that's what it is Like they're, they're not forcing the states to shut down they're not forcing every single state to make the decision to have a stand in place order or anything like that it's the guidance that they're giving though and I wonder if there's money handed out if you do follow the guidance versus if you don't. I don't know. But if you follow the money in anything, you can see how the government gets control because the Department of Education, for example, doles out billions upon billions of dollars to all the states every single year. So the states will do what it takes to get that money from the Department of Education so they follow the guidelines of what the Department of Education says to do. So I wonder, with this whole coronavirus thing, the guidance is stand in place order, stay at home, encourage people to stay at home, put laws in place for them to be forced to stay at home, also shut down the restaurants, shut down the bars, shut down the non-essential services, non-essential stores and businesses. So is there money attached to that? If you don't follow our guidance, then you know what, we're not going to give you this money. I don't know. There are three or four states that have not gone all in with a stay-at-home order, per se. 
but most of the most of the states have and I wonder if there's money attached to it and that's why they're doing it I don't know but if you follow the money that's how the federal government gets control over the states is by having that money go somewhere like for example the 55 mile per hour speed limit that was instituted until like the 1980s was because in the 1970s the federal government said you know what you don't get road money you don't get money from the road taxes that we collect unless you have a 55 mile per hour speed limit so the states went ahead and they said you know what if we if it takes that to get that money then we will initiate a 55 mile per hour speed limit and that's how the federal government got control so i always think to myself and wonder in this situation is there money being handed out if the states will do what the federal government says but anyway we have this stay-at-home order in most of these states right and businesses are having a hard time people are having a hard time they're not going to work you know the restaurant they worked at is only open for takeout orders so they're running at 30 percent of their normal revenue that's coming in a lot of stores a lot of businesses salons and so forth are shut down a lot of hospitals are shut down disney world for example is furloughing 44,000 employees this week. They shut down for a month. They're not planning on opening until maybe June. I've heard that. It might be the end of end of April, beginning of May, but I've heard they're going to wait until June now. Same thing with Universal Studios down in Orlando, Florida. And Disney World, has, or Universal has plenty of, a couple of other locations in California, I think. Disney World has multiple locations around the, around the country and across the world. And they might be shutting all of them down until June. Furloughing all those employees. So there's a lot of people that are having a hard time surviving. You have 10 million people in the last three weeks have filed for unemployment. 10 million people, that's insane. It's, it's amazing, right? So people are having a hard time getting through this. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an election year. So the politicians that are trying to get the votes of their constituents and their back at home, those politicians are going back and saying, hey, I'm going to try to get you as much money as I can. So they're handing out, they're trying to get as much money for the businesses, for the special interests, for this corporation, for that corporation, for the individual taxpayers as well. Making sure that everyone gets that $1,200 check if you make less than X amount of dollars. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to give as many hands out as they can. They're trying to say, hey, you know what? I'm here to help you. I'm here to make sure that Uncle Sam is on your side. That's what they're doing. But it's because it's an election year. They have to look like they're doing something, right? And it's kind of always an election year if you're looking at Congress, though. If you're looking at the House of Representatives, they're every two years. They have to get reelected for Senate at six years. So the for the senators, about a third of them will be coming up for reelection this year as well. So they have to go back and say, hey, this is what we're doing for you. This is what we're doing to help you. It's all about trying to get more favors, more stuff for the people. Everyone has their hand at that trough at this point. Everyone's trying to say, you know what? I need more. I need more. There was one bill that came out that I was I was reading about and it was they're trying to get $25,000. Now, 25,000, let me fit, go through the whole cuz you've probably heard it already. 
but they're trying to get $25,000 for all the essential employees that are still working through this whole pandemic, right? Because they're putting their life on their line. Essential employees. So that means me. Because I am in banking and finance. Does that mean me? I don't know. They're saying maybe hospital workers, whatever. They're trying to figure out ways to give more money to more people. Because obviously, yeah, I'm an essential employee. I have to get out there and work my butt off. And I have to put my life on the line. Of course I should get some kind of hazard pay, right? Like That's the rationale that people will have in their minds in this situation. That they should get something because I'm doing something that no one else is. They didn't shut me down, so I should get more. I'm working in an unsafe environment, so I should get more. I should get $25,000. Yeah, that's great. But that doesn't come from the employer, guys. That comes from a bill passed by the federal government. So it comes from taxpayer money or taxpayer borrowed money or taxpayer printed money, I guess. Like, that's the way that the federal government gets money. Like, I heard it, I follow one of the news, one of the news stations in my town has a Facebook page, and every so often, or they post on a couple times a day, and it says, what do you think about that $25,000 given to essential employees? And I was like, I'm reading the article about it, or I'm reading, not the article, but I'm reading the Facebook posts, the people that are responding to it, and they're like, yes, we deserve it, yes, we should definitely give these people that, why not everybody, why don't we give everyone $25,000, and these people just, do they not understand that when the federal government says that they're giving $25,000 to people, that that is not, that is not just money that the federal government has, the federal government is just not sitting on a big pile of money. If anything, they're sitting on a big pile of debt. So when they say this, like these people just in their minds, they think that daddy government just hand out $25,000 to everybody. And technically they can, but that money, and I posted this, I said, money from the federal government comes from three places. And then I listed them. You guys know this. It comes from more taxes, so taxing more people, taxing it from the people borrowing it from places like China and from the U.S. taxpayer who's going to buy bonds and most of the time that's in your 401k or in your IRA if you have a bond fund set up or through mutual funds and so forth so they get it through that and a lot of these bond funds are not really investing in U.S. Treasury notes now because I mean, I, I'm sure they still are a, a lot, but they're not getting the same return that they once did. So, people are out looking for a return elsewhere. So, they're going into like ownership or equities rather than debt, rather than treasury notes. But that's where the government gets it. So, a lot of those treasuries are sold directly to the Federal Reserve, and then the Federal Reserve basically prints up that money and gives it to the federal government is what it does and then the federal government could legally print money using the printer press printing press which they don't really technically have a printing press now they get it through the federal the federal reserve but in the absence of a federal reserve a government can literally just sit there and print the money and that's the ways that the federal government's going to get money and these people just don't seem to understand that but you guys do and I'm glad that I have a listen, like a group of listeners that actually understand this stuff because 
when you guys see these articles, you just think to yourself, yeah, this is insane, this is crazy what the federal government's willing to do. But just remember, it's because the politicians are trying to get reelected this year. They're trying to look like they're doing something, and the more they can hand out to other people, the better. But when everybody has their hand out, eventually that money runs out. Or eventually the, the negative externalities of just printing that money destroys the value of the dollar, destroys the value of your savings, destroys everything. It's just, I mean, destroys the economy. It causes rampant inflation. At what point do we stop? But you know what? All these businesses are closed. What are they going to do? They're having a hard time staying afloat, right? 10 million people looking for unemployment benefits. Where is that money going to come from? It has to come from somewhere. And the politicians are going to use this crisis to make sure that they get as much stuff and as much favors done for as many different people in order to say, hey, look at that. I got this for you. Vote for me. That's what it really comes down to. Let's talk about your rights being taken away, okay? Your rights being taken away. That's another thing that you're seeing in this. Kentucky. Over the weekend, people were going to go to a church service for Easter. And the governor governor of Kentucky says, if you go to church this Easter, we're going to take pictures of your license plate and we're going to send you a note that says that you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. Is that insane or what? Like... These people just want to go to church. Yes, they're gathering in groups. But that's their risk. They understand that risk and they go to church anyway. The government does not have the right to tell somebody who is a churchgoer or something like that in order that says that you can't go congregate for church. Yes, you took the risk. You left your house. You went into that church building. It's probably safer than going into the grocery store. It's probably safer than going to Lowe's or Home Depot. I went to Home Depot, no, I went to Lowe's over the weekend, and it was a madhouse in there. There was people everywhere, face mask on, yes, but there were people everywhere, so much so that in the Home and Garden Center, they had a line inside, so inside to get it from the inside to the outside into the Home and Garden Center. You can't just walk into the Home and Garden Center from the outside like I was wanting to do because I just wanted to get some blocks so I could do some a little bit of yard work. I wanted to buy these blocks that I was using to do some edging around the bushes at my house. They didn't have them last week. They ran out. So I was just going back this week just to check. So I walk in there, and this line is just all the way across the entire store of people waiting to go into the home and garden center. Is that not the worst place to possibly be if you're trying not to catch Corona? If you're not trying to catch coronavirus, if your goal is to not catch it, do not go to Lowe's. But there was so many people there that I had to park at a parking lot next door at a different store, at a grocery store. That's how many people were at Home Depot or Lowe's the other day. And it just, believe me, like Tucker, Tucker Carlson said it on his show last week. Shut down all of the businesses and tell them that they can only go to the grocery store. Only go to Home Depot. Only go to Lowe's. Shut down all the businesses and say you can only go there. And that's where people are going to congregate. That's where families are going to go to get out of the house. And that is the number one way to 
spread a virus is to shut down everything except for one place that people can go to because people are going to congregate together. That's what they're going to do. But they're trampling on the rights of the people. They're saying that you can't go to certain places. So the governor of Kentucky is taking pictures of people's drivers or dealer of their licenses on the back of their car, their license plates, in order to go to their house and tell them they have to quarantine for 14 days. Almost impossible to enforce, obviously, but that's what they're going to do. Your rights are being violated again. Kansas made an executive order limiting church gatherings to 10 or less. 10 or less. An executive order saying that you cannot congregate in groups of 10 or more, right? Or 11 or more. So, is that not against your First Amendment right to assemble? Freedom of assembly? Congress shall pass no law? Limiting your freedom to assemble? Yet that's a law. That's an executive order that says that you cannot assemble in more than with more than 10 people at a church service. Legislators voted to overturn it in Kansas, saying, you know what? That is not okay to do. This is a Democratic, Dem- Democratic governor, and then the Senate, or the, the legislator in Kansas is Republican, and luckily they voted to overturn that. They said, no, you can't do that. And it went to the state Supreme Court and the state Supreme Court of Kansas says, yes, she can tell these people that they cannot assemble in groups of 10 or more. It's insane, right? This is what she wrote, or this is what she said. I want to, this is what Kelly, this is um, the governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly. This is what she wrote on Twitter. I want to thank the Supreme Court for its expedited review under difficult circumstances. Our response to this unprecedented unprecedented pandemic has necessitated that even our most fundamental institutions find alternative methods that preserve public health. It's not necessary that our most fundamental institutions find alternative methods that preserve public health. Is that the governor's job to say that to people? I just don't think so, guys. I don't. People can take individual responsibility for themselves. If that was the plan, if they said, if if the plan by the government, the state, local, and federal governments, if their plan was to say, Everyone is individual responsibility for your actions. Here are the guidelines that we think that you should do. This is what we think we that you should do. And you know what? We strongly encourage everyone to do this. And that's how we're going to go about it. Individual responsibility. Preach that you have freedom. And you're entrusted with your freedom to make good decisions. People are not making good decisions by going to Lowe's if we have a pandemic out there. So people are not always going to make the best decisions. Maybe I didn't make the best decisions by going there. I just needed those blocks. I was thinking to myself, I'd be outside, no big deal. I'd run inside, run into the outside part of Lowe's, grab the blocks, pay, and go. Most people are keeping their distances six feet. 
figure fresh air, not too bad. I'm trying to be as... I'm trying to take as many steps as possible to be safe from catching it, just like I would with the flu, just like I would during cold and flu season. I see someone sneezing and coughing, I kind of turn turn and walk away. I do that normally anyway. I wash my hands regularly anyway. I use hand sanitizer regularly anyway. Like, those are things that I do, even during cold and flu season. So I'm not going to stop doing those things now, and a lot of people are taking even more precautions. Everyone has their face masks on when I go to Lowe's. That's individual responsibility. That's personal responsibility. That's everyone taking care of themselves. And if that was the push by the public, like the, I I don't want to call them public servants because I hate that word. If that was the push by the politicians, hey, we're going to give guidance. That's what we're going to do. We're going to strongly encourage. It's going to be on the news. Be safe. Be careful. No laws forcing it, though. Hey, you want to go to church? Take responsibility for it. Sit six feet apart. Be careful. Wear a face mask. But that's your responsibility. You take care of yourself. And most people will. I mean, it is taboo right now to get within six feet of somebody. If you're at the grocery store and so you're in line... People are looking at you like you're crazy if you get too close to them. That's normal now. And that's how it would be because that's just the way that people respond. People are responding by trying to take care of themselves. But you have a you have the politicians saying, don't go out, don't go. Private people will make good decisions for themselves. They will. You saw it with the NBA shutting down. You saw it with all of the sports events shutting down. You saw it with almost every concert that's in the next four or five months shutting down. You saw it with, you know, any pretty much any group gathering that you would go to shut down. I was even considering, so on the 14th, no, it was probably like the 12th of March, we had a St. Patrick's Day get-together, and there was probably 40 people at my house. It's on a Saturday, and we always celebrate St. Patrick's Day pretty big. And we were even considering... Uh, not having that gathering because you were starting to hear a lot of people talking about staying at home and taking precautions and all that. And we still invited everybody over and people came, but everyone had it in the back of their mind to not really, you know, stay too long or get together or whatever. And people kept their distance from each other in some ways, but we still gathered and had a good time and drank and, you know, whatever, but we ended up having like this ice luge that we made where you, I don't know if you know what that is, but you take a little shot and you let it go down this little luge thing and nobody would obviously want to do that. So people are taking the, at the end of the luge and letting the shot go into their cup rather than putting their mouth up to the luge. Whereas in a normal situation, everyone would have been taking that luge because it was just a fun thing. It was a great idea that we had. My wife came up with the idea and we figured out how to make one. So we made one and people just did not participate in that so it was just a matter of everyone playing it safe in some way so people will make decisions to be safe in this time of you know a virus going around just like they do during cold and flu season but not to the extent that everyone wants them to right for example you saw in the middle of in the middle of march you saw group gatherings at the beach in Florida. You saw college students getting together, having their spring break and doing the parties and all that. 
colleges shut down after that and they all went home rather than back to the college. So they got back and they maybe infected their parents and so forth. And people, everyone that says to me, oh, when I say, oh, people will take care of themselves, people will do the right thing. They say, oh, yeah, look at the college kids down there in Florida. And this is my thought on that, right? If the guidance from the politicians, of the guidance from the scientists was a little bit different, and it was not, hey, we're shutting everything down soon, and people in their mind, they're thinking shut thing, things are going to shut down, I got to get out there and party as hard as I can now. Or, in their mind, they're thinking to themselves, because this is the guidance from the politicians, and they're younger, oh, they're going to shut everything down, and in their mind, they're not thinking to themselves, if, if there was a different approach to it, is what I'm trying to get at, and it said to the younger people, hey, you know what, you're probably going to get this because you're gathering in groups. If you get sick, go home, stay 14 days quarantined on your own. And by God, do not go around your parents and grandparents or someone that's high risk because they might get it. If that was the message that was being preached, rather than everyone you're being forced to stay home, we're shutting down everything maybe those kids would have taken different precautions. Maybe they would have went to spring break, but then then they would have went back to their dormitories and finished school. I don't know. I don't know how they would have responded to it. But if it was a focus on personal responsibility, maybe it would have been different. I'm not sure. I just, my biggest problem is the fact that we're in a situation today where the government has shut everything down forcefully and penalizing people for trying to stay in business. Obviously, businesses would have taken a hit because people would have made this different decisions. They might not have taken as big of a hit as they are now, but they still would have taken a pretty big hit. People wouldn't have been going to malls as much. 50%, 60%, 90% reduction of foot traffic at malls less people going to churches churches making decisions to stay closed and to do online services like they would have done that on their own NFL not NFL but NBA hockey, college football or college sports in general they would have made those decisions on their own people who are left to their own devices will make the right decisions on their own in some ways now, maybe not to flatten the curve the way that everyone hopes that can happen, but the the solution to the problem was not to shut down the entire economy. That's going to cause terrible, ter- like terrible consequences, terrible unintended consequences throughout the entire economy, the way that it was done by the politicians now. There are solutions to the problem outside of that. The best solution that I saw, and who knows if I'm right, because we know that shutting down the entire economy, shutting down people's ability to go to church, go to sporting events, go to different places, those were things that can be done on their own without the politicians forcing people to do it. But 
the idea of shutting down essential businesses, making it illegal to gather in groups of 10 or more and everything else that they've done, like all the things that the government has done that infringe upon your rights. There's no way to tell if things would have been better the way that other scientists say, the way that I am about to describe. There's no way to tell because you can't prove it either way. But at least we can prove that it did not infringe upon people's rights. That's one thing you can prove because the rights have been trampled on. The precedent has been set that the government can trample on your rights. So the solution to the problem that a lot of people say, that I've heard a lot of different scientists say, is stay away from the old people, stay away from the people that are the most susceptible to die from this, and let things keep going on. That was the key. Preach that to people. Make that the number one priority when on the news. Stay away from people that are susceptible to die from this. There's no way to prove that that would have been right, but at least it would have trampled on the rights of the people, because that is my biggest problem with this entire scenario. It's not people staying away from each other. It's not businesses deciding to shut down. It's not sporting events deciding to shut down. It's not church services deciding to go online. It's not even private schools and public schools deciding that they're going to not have classes. It's the trampled of the, the trampling of the rights that the politicians are doing. That is the thing that's killing me because there are unintended, unintended consequences to this. There really are. Suicide rates spike in times when there is unemployment. We have 10 million people who filed for unemployment in the last three weeks. We have millions upon millions of people who cannot go to work every day and make a living. We have millions of renters who are not paying their rent so the landlords cannot afford to pay their mortgage. We have the economic ramifications they say of this can be 20% unemployment by October. 30% unemployment by October. That is worse than the Great Depression. They're even talking about like food shortages. 5% of the American pork production comes from one plant in South Dakota, I was reading about. And food production there is going away. Like, they're not going to be producing pork right now. They're not going to be processing pork. There's chicken plants, the same thing. There's beef plants, the same thing. Where they're not producing the beef, the chicken, the pork. So we're going to have food shortages in the United States. Imagine how bad it would be in other countries, though. Where food shortages in other countries lead to starvation not just oh in America we eat rice and beans instead of meat like we have a lot of food production in America and we have a lot of grain storage I'm sure and we have a lot of surplus supply but eventually that surplus supply goes away well we see food shortages that's a unintended consequence of this entire thing of shutting down the entire economy Another unintended consequence, get this, I was doing a little bit of research on this also. There's 28 million small businesses in America. 28 million small businesses in America. And they say, 
51% of Americans. So small business is defined as a business that has 500 or less employees, okay? 28 million of them, 500 or less employees. 51% of Americans are employed by a small business. 24% of those small businesses say that they cannot stay in business for longer than two months at this point. And that was in the beginning. Two months. What percentage of those, so 24% say they'll be out of business in two months. Let's say half of those will be out of business in a month. Think about that. Seven million businesses are going to shut down in two months. That's what they say. I say that they might be overestimating how long they can stay in business with no revenue whatsoever. With a third of their revenue. That's an unintended consequence of this entire government action. That's 51% of Americans are employed by those people, okay? Or 51% of American workers, sorry, are employed by these people. This is only good for the big businesses. They have access to capital. They have access to political favors. This is good for the Walmarts and the Amazons and so forth. And I was thinking about this the other day as well. From a corporate standpoint, Walmart and Amazon, they're going to be booming after this. But that's not good for the American... That's not good for America in general when politicians are able to play favorites with certain businesses over others because those businesses grow and grow and grow to the point where they put other businesses, smaller businesses, out of business. And then over time, those companies grow to the point where they're the supplier of, let's say, 80% of XYZ product. And then politicians come in and say, hey, you know what? National security... It's a national security issue. We need to make sure that we keep Amazon in business because 80% of our food comes from them. Like, we need diversity of food. We need diversity of businesses. Yet, what's happening? We're going to end up having less small businesses at that point that are producing things. It's going to be insane, guys. It really might be insane. I am hoping and praying and hoping to God that this thing does not turn out as bad as like the catastrophe that I think it could turn out to be and I am not one who always looks at catastrophe as well I think that the American consumer and the American business owner can come back from stuff like this I really do so I don't think it'll be as bad as it sounds but when 7 million small businesses may go to business I heard the other day as well like GameStop even is going to be shutting down three or four hundred stores. Let's say there's five or six employees at each store. You know, that's thousands of jobs. So it'll be interesting to see. But that's the terror, man. That is the, that is the worry that I have. But, you know, the unintended consequences. There are unintended consequences of what the politicians are doing. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So I hope that you guys uh, just remain... You know, vigilant in what you're doing. we got to protect our rights. That's what we need to do is protect our rights. Let the politicians know that we're not going to stand for this. That it's not going to be the status quo that every time there is any type of outbreak, we're all of a sudden going to go crazy and shut down everything. I mean, 
The precedent's been set, though. Government can declare a public health emergency, and we're going to shut everything down and force people to do certain things. 600,000 people die per year of heart disease. 600,000 people die every year of heart disease, which is preventable with certain dietary restrictions. Should the government be able to force you to eat and exercise a certain way because it's a public health emergency? 600,000 people die per year of heart disease. Hmm. Interesting, right? Interesting. I'm going to pull it up the other one as well, because if you think about it, the politicians can do whatever they want to then, if they're willing to declare a health emergency to get things done. Ready? Accidents. 169,000 people die every year of accidents. Of accidents, okay? So should that be... A car accident, 169,000 people die. That's probably one of them. Other accidents as well. Unintentional injuries, that's the term that they use. Should we be forced to drive slower? Who knows? It's a public health emergency, though, with 169,000 people dying. Another one, ready? Malignant neoplasms. I think that that has got to be strokes. Malignant neoplasms. But strokes are caused by high cholesterol, right? Strokes are caused by high, you know, plaque breaking off in your in your arteries and going into your brain. Pretty much is what it is. So should everybody be forced to be on statin drugs? Should you be forced to eat a certain way, a low cholesterol diet? I mean, that's a public health emergency. 600,000 people dying per year. That's preventable. If we could just save one life right? Chronic lower respiratory diseases. That's gotta be chronic lower respiratory diseases. 160,000 people a year die from chronic lower respiratory diseases. That could be prevented by making everyone stay at home, especially during cold and flu season, right? I don't know. Influenza and pneumonia kill 55,000 people a year. I'm not sure that the coronavirus is going to see 55,000 deaths. Let's say it sees 25,000 or 30,000 deaths. Right now it's like around 22,000, so it'll probably see more than 25,000. Let's see, say it sees 40,000, and everyone attributes that to the social distancing that we've had. At that point, do we enforce social distancing during every cold and flu season then? Is that what we should do as a country? Is that what we should allow the politicians to do? I could see a future where they might. So be careful. We need to protect our rights. That's what it comes down to. I hope you've listened to the whole show uh, because I think the best part of it was just then when I was going over those numbers. Um, Because I think it's really interesting to see the numbers. 2,800,000 people die per year. 2.8 million people die every single year. 561,000 of those 2.8 million die of all other causes so it's probably old age and just generally other stuff right but the biggest one and the one that is the most preventable is heart disease and stroke which causes 1.1 or 1.2 million of those if a public health emergency can shut down the entire economy 
for a month or two, what makes you think that the politicians will not go after your rights in other ways? That's what it really comes down to. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I appreciate all the listeners that continue to listen every single day. Listenership grows, and that's great. I did see a little bit of a dip for a while, uh, for like a week or so, just because I don't think people are driving in their cars as much. Uh, Share it with your friends if you think that what you hear is interesting. I'm trying to bring you guys good content on the coronavirus. I'm also trying to make sure that I focus in on this 2020 election a little bit every so often also. So go ahead if you want to uh, share it with your friends, but then go ahead and give me a five-star rating review if you really like what you hear. And then... If you want to follow on Facebook and on Twitter, you can do that. Just type in I on the Empire, and then you'll see the page that I have there. There's also a Facebook group. If you wanted to join that, let me know. I can make that happen as well. And then the best thing you could do, though, is come on back Thursday so you can have clear vision for 2020.